This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Let's look at Matthew 25. I'm reading 13 verses. These verses are um, often printed in red because they are the words of Jesus. Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. And this is the parable of the ten virgins. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, you know, he wasn't there yet. Um, they all slumbered and slept. Sounds like the disciples. Jesus was praying in the garden you know, of Gethsemane the night he would be betrayed. And, you know, he came to check on them and they were sleeping instead of praying. He said, can you pray yet just for an hour? Amen. And uh, I feel this is us on the earth. He's tarrying his coming. Some of us are sleeping. Amen. We're not, you know, focused. But verse six goes on to say, and at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. You know, um, we're not living in the country. Most of us are not. And we have electric light bulbs, right? We don't have to trim those. When they <laughs> get enough... But there used to be lamps and there were cloth, uh, some kind of plant-based uh, wick, something to burn. It will, it will absorb the fuel and then burn. We ignite it and the flame is burning the wick and the fuel. So the fuel is infused into, absorbed by the wick, whichever kind of wick we might use. In the Bible, they used flax most often to absorb olive oil or some kind of animal fat. Uh, but these virgins had their lamps burning. They had to trim their lamps because of the soot, you know, build up. And they wanted the fresh new wick to absorb really well so it could burn brightly. They trimmed their lamps. Verse eight, and the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil for our lamps are gone out. The wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather uh, to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward, came also the other version saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I know you not, that's sad. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the son of man cometh. My God, yeah. I pray you give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding yeah. as your spirit yeah. prevails to reveal truth for us, food for thought, so that we will walk and not be weary, run and not faint, make progress mm -hmm. in the Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.
So, people of God, we must heed this word of encouragement and warning found here in Matthew 25. It serves to uh, emphasize the spiritual discipline of a submitted prayer life. See, we're at this junction in our uh, sermon and teaching series, Spiritual Maturity. God is talking a lot about prayer. Next time, God willing, he will also get into um, types of prayer and um, uh, how prayers use as a tool. There's different tools in the toolbox. Not all prayers are the same. There are different types of prayers. Sometimes we're praying one way and hoping for the results of the other. And God needs us to have wisdom about that. But this week, we're looking at how we are supposed to be submitted to a prayer life lived uh, if your soul is saved uh, and have decided to actively go after God and obtain him in one fancy word, procure, you know, actively procure God, your God-given gift of holy faith. And um, that's necessary to do until Jesus comes. And until then, we must do this. Keep your lamps, what? Trimmed and burning. We're going to talk about that this morning. May this be a word of encouragement and warning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. My God. And what is a lamp? I described it momentarily ago, uh, a few minutes ago, a simple oil burning vessel. It was used for lighting up their homes and public places in the ancient day, the Bible times, and even in our rural areas that may not necessarily have electricity. Some people still use them. They, they use them, of course, to optimize the amount of light and um, you can have additional wicks uh, in your lamp. Some of the Hebraic lamps, uh, archaeology teaches us, they had up to seven spouts in their lamps. A seven-branched lampstand of pure gold stood in the tabernacle, uh, as recorded in Exodus 25. Solomon, King Solomon, made 10 similar lamp stands for the temple in 1 Kings 7. And lamps usually, as I said, burned olive oil or some kind of animal fat or maybe some kind of vegetable fat or oil, you know. Those with uh, a single wick would burn for about two to four hours. And occasionally the flax wick uh, had to be trimmed because it gathered right. a lot of soot and it wouldn't absorb good. So they had to cut it off, trim it off. And they had wick trimmers just for that purpose. And we still do today. So the lamp, we must look at it though now as a symbol. It's a symbol of understanding. Even in academic circles, many of um, the logos you see might include some type of a lamp burning for intelligence, for understanding, etc. In 2 Samuel 22, 29, we see that the lamp uh, became a symbol of understanding. In Proverbs 6, 23, for guidance, lamp unto my feet, right? Uh, and for your life as well, in Job 21, 17. Um, John the Baptist, we call him, uh, more theologically sound, John the baptizer, because he, he wasn't you know, trying to tell us he had a certain denomination, you know. <laughs> John the baptizer was the burning and shining lamp 
So a person was referred to by that in whose light the Jews of his day rejoiced, according to uh, the gospel, according to John uh, chapter five, verse 35. And in Jesus's parable here that we read of the wise and foolish virgins um, taking enough oil to keep their lamps burning uh, represented good works done in obedience to Jesus's teaching. And not a lot of people wanted that. They wanted the fish and the loaves, as we say, right? Some people come for that in our modern day, just for the fish and the loaves, metaphorically speaking. They don't really want to be discipled. They just want stuff, you know? They want God's hand, but not his face, you see? Uh, but in Jesus's parable, um, we see that taking enough oil to keep the lamps burning represented good works done to obey God in your life. Not taking enough oil to keep the lamps burning represented disobedience to Christ. And notice from the parable, you cannot borrow someone else's prayer life, can you? The wise version said, not so. You have to go and see where they're selling it and go buy for yourself. That's a picture showing us that you cannot borrow someone else's prayer life. You need your own prayer life. Yes. You cannot borrow someone else's relationship with the Holy Spirit. You need your own relationship with the Holy Spirit. And uh, Christ wants us to make, you know, make us all his representations. We're supposed to be light shining in darkness, right? True lights. That's what he wants. And um, we are to be the lamps, the vessels that hold the oil, the oil in this representation is the Holy Spirit who should be listened to and obeyed. We have to hear his voice. We have to heed to his voice, not just hear it, right? Be not just hearers, but what else? Doers. Amen. So we listen to our life coach and, and, and then we will uh, be trimmed. We will be fit. We will be ready, etc., And full of the essential fuel for our combustion to be lit in this dark world. The fuel is lit as we are doing what we are supposed to do. We don't need a strange fire. That's gonna be a, a disobedient kind of fire. We know what happened to, in the ancient day, Aaron's sons, sons were disobedient, Nadab and Abihu. They did not allow God to light the fire, but they went on ahead and did it themselves. We have to wait, and again, I say wait on the Lord. We don't act a certain way. We are living a certain way because yes. it has allowed us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We know what to do because he gives us the holy mind to help us to know what to do. So when Christ returns, there's going to be a separation. Those who are subscribing to this and those who are not. The wise will be separated from the foolish. Yes. The faithful servants from the unfaithful ones, the blessed from the cursed. The blessed are the sheep. The cursed, unfortunately, are pictured as goats. The wise virgins had oil and uh, were prepared to meet the bridegroom. And many people today profess to be Christians, but do not have the Holy Spirit and are not born again. Man. Romans 8, 9, and the King James says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be 
that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's why you hear it in the parable, the bridegroom said, I know you not. People like that tend to, you know, mingle with those who have given their lives over to the Lord. So there's going to be a co-mingling for now before Jesus comes. Um, but they are not really, you know, one of Christ's disciples. Um, they will not enter into the marriage feast. In other words, when it's time for God to carry us home, um, many will not be able to rise and be lifted into glory. Um, the parable reveals in Matthew 25, 10 through 12, that while they were gone, the bridegroom came. In the Syriac and Vulgate versions, um, they say that he came with his bride. This fits the prophetic picture perfectly. The Lord Jesus will return from the wedding with his bride, the church, according to First uh, Thessalonians 3.13. The wedding takes place in heaven in Ephesians 5.27. And that's after the rapture. Uh, the faithful remnant of tribulation saints will go with him to the marriage feast. The marriage feast is a fitting designation of the joy and blessing of Christ's earthly kingdom. The wise versions went in with him to the wedding. In other words, the wedding feast. The door was closed. It was too late for anyone else to enter into the kingdom. When the other versions came seeking admittance, the bridegroom disavowed knowing them, right? Uh, that's a clear proof that they had never been what? Born again, my God. On uh, verse 13, the lesson here, Jesus said, uh, was to watch because the day and hour of his coming are unknown. Believers um, today should live as if the Lord might come at any moment. Yeah. In readiness, right? Yeah. Um, are our lamps trimmed and filled with oil is the question. You know, the Lord expects us to behave as the chosen stewards he has made us to be. Uh, we're supposed to be well-informed and responsible followers of Christ. True, healthy, wholesome growth um, that is well-balanced and properly nourished uh, will cause obedient souls, that is, to transcend unto a higher maturity. Christ may have been born in a manger. We know about that. But he now sits where? At the right hand of the throne of God. Uh, do we want to meet him one day at the marriage feast? That's the question. Uh, we can, you know, RSVP right now in the French, where you have to make up your mind whether you're going or not to an event. Yes. Yes. Rendez, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> Yeah, um, RSVP. Uh, he has made a way by becoming the way. See, Jesus is not going to let this thing uh, fail. He's going to do it himself. He is the way. He's not relying on some third party. He is the way. <laughs> He's revealed the truth. He's the reveal of the truth by his spirit. And he becomes the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth. Right. And yeah. he gives us life to make it in so that all can live again with him eternally in glory. 
So be saved today if you are not. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Jesus wants you uh, walking about filled to overflowing capacity. So we got to let this mind be in us that was also in him. I'm going to Acts, the 10th chapter, verses 37 and 38, where it's letting us know that Christ is our model of true light. And it reads, that word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began in Galilee. After the baptism, which John preached, now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. But, people of God, before you can uh, light up, Jesus has to what? Deliver, cleanse, he has to heal, he has to breathe upon us the breath of life, amen? In 1 John 1, 5 through 7, it says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is what? No darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we become liars and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. You see the theological metaphor there. We don't have to have a physical blood red upon us, you know, staining our clothes and whatnot. But Jesus paid a price with his blood. And now we could walk in that freedom. He has made a way. It's like football players bulldozing away so that runner with the ball can run on in and make that touchdown. God has made a way. He's moved death and hell out of the way, moved the devil out of the way, eradicated what sin would do to us and helped us to have freedom to walk through the straight and narrow gate and come on in. Amen. Cleansed of sin. We must walk in the light right now here on this earth. You know, he enables us to live a holy and what? separated life in this present world. Amen. We must walk in the light by keeping our lamps, what and what? Trimmed and burning. Amen. In Acts 10, 36 through 38, Peter reminded his hearers that although the gospel message was sent to the Jews first, yet Jesus Christ is Lord of all, Gentile as well as Jew. So the Gentiles were blessed as well to become the audience with the Jews. His audience heard the story of Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. It had begun in Galilee. And at the time, John was baptizing and had spread throughout all Judea. This same Jesus, anointed by the Holy Spirit, had lived a life of selfless service for others, doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. This should give us encouragement today that we ought to live a holy and separated life in this present world. To do that, we have to, you know, examine ourselves daily. That's the trimming. We look at the uh, wick of the lamp. We examine it. 
there's something on there that is building up. It doesn't need to be there. It's impeding the absorption of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can't come in and do what he came to do. We have to trim that stuff off. Amen. Keep our lamp, what? Trimmed. And the Holy Ghost is going to come in and the combustion from God's power is going to come in and we're going to be a flame of the Holy Ghost. He's Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. God is that fire. He's that holy fire. He burns up everything that doesn't need to be there. The metallurgy field, when they're cleaning up the metals, purifying them, especially gold, we want all impediments out of there. Uh, the impediments, the stuff that burns off, that's dross. Dross has to be burned up, has to be eradicated. We have to get rid of that so that the glossy purity of the gold remains. And we see that picture also in Leviticus, that God would purify the sons of Levi. Amen. And God is that purifying fire. We want that in our lives as we are concluding. Let us think about it. Jesus came to save people from the biggest con man and bully of all times. Who is that? The devil. Amen. Yes. So whatever is hindering us from being close to Jesus is of the devil and it needs to become a destroyed yoke of bondage. We got to have that trimmed off out of our life, out of the way. It's hindering our growth. The anointing the Holy Ghost, who Christ gives, you know, as a gift to his true disciples, can and will work on our behalf to free us of all darkness in our life. Then we will be truly uh, what God calls lights in a dark world. Amen. And becoming lights in a dark world, you know, your soul is uh, cleansed from impediments as well. And we could uh, have like that incense in the tabernacle, the smoke, sweet smoke going up. It's a sweet smelling, savory smell. And our prayer life will emanate going up to God with a cleanness, a purity. Our praise and our worship events will have that purity going up to heaven. It won't be a stench in God's nostrils. You can't mix sin with that. It'll be like a fly in the ointment in Proverbs. It'll destroy the whole quality of the ointment. We don't want any impediment of sin in our being. We have to be uh, given over to that free gift from God and let it do what it came to do. And we'll become lights in a dark world. We cannot even pull someone out of something if we're still in it ourselves. We want to be out of sin so we can help pull somebody else out of it too. Now is the time to begin a new life of preparedness before God as a living sanctuary. And you know the rest, pure, holy, tried, true, amen, full of heavenly thanksgiving. And that heavenly thanksgiving is the joy of the Lord. It's not just a a thing like that, but it's also a place. God says, enter thou into the joy of the Lord, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. Amen. Walk on into glory to be in his everlasting presence. And we don't need um, the old days we had Lil Co on Long Island, right? Now what we got. Yeah, now we have PSEG. PSEG. And I think out there in Connecticut, they might still have Con Ed, maybe. 
Well, we don't need any of that, right? We don't need uh, electricity from this earth. God created that. He is the light. Amen. He is the life we need. We want to walk in him right now while we're on this side of Jordan so that he will enable us to go on into glory with him. He's going to enable us to shine as lights for Christ as we do what? Keep your lamps, what? Trimmed and burning. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for this word. I pray that your spirit will prevail and that we will continue to honor his presence and heed his call. He's tenderly calling. Come on home. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.